0: Welcome to the Berkline Baseball Club. I'm Conk Ford, joined as always by Peyton Doyle. Peyton, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing really well. You know, I am just happy to be here and happy to see your wonderful face today. How are you?
0: No, Peyton, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. It's been a while since we've recorded. We had some production issues that derailed our last recording, breaking down the Indiana State series. Suffice it to say, Northeastern swept Indiana State. And then last week, Peyton, you were over in Towson, Maryland and in Washington, D.C. for some Northeastern basketball conference playoffs. How did that go?
1: Uh, actually, both teams lost, so it was it was okay. Got to see Towson, Maryland. It's actually the second time I've been there. Yeah. It's fine. They call That's you Mister
0: Towson on the streets, don't they? Nope, I've heard that a couple of times. But Which
1: the streets in Towson or Boston?
0: Just all all the streets, all the time. But northeastern baseball, they they even with us not recording, they were still sweeping series. They uh, knocked down USF three straight, including a mercy rule, uh, run run limit game, fifteen to three. That en- that ended up being only seven innings back on March third. We're gonna not break those ones down individually but suffice it to say they did notch off six straight wins in those weekend series they knocked off duke on march 8th just a couple of days ago 2 one but the series we're going to be breaking down here is the first cea series of the season that was against elon now we talked about elon a lot last season they were they're probably a mid-level cea team not a team that was expected to give northeastern too much trouble this season but we know the nature of conference play it's tough and, and elon played northeastern really tough and elon came with a series win out uh, this past weekend
1: yeah, it was kind of disappointing to see Northeastern do that after. I mean, they played such a good game against Duke in their 2 1 victory in Durham. That was the seventh win in a row they got. And then and they won the first game against Elon, but then their doubleheader, I would just say it's rather disappointing. They mustered only four total runs across, well, they had 19 innings between the doubleheader. That was just, that was a little sad to see in the first really meaningful games of the
0: season. Yeah, I think sad, but also like unexpected, right? The, the way that this northeastern team had, had been playing in the first around month of the regular season start. I mean, the regular season started February seventeenth. We're already a month in here as, as we're recording here on March thirteenth, and yeah, they were just on fire offensively and. I guess this should have been maybe a little bit expected just because of the nature of the CAA and Northeastern. I mean, scoring runs in the CAA last season was, was, a, was a challenge for this Northeastern team. I mean, there are so many games where they only had one or two runs that they got shut out a couple times in the CAA. So, you know, in, in the conference, teams know each other so well. They know their tendencies. This, this this does happen. But I think just against a mid-level team like Elon, maybe against College of Charleston, you, you expect uh, uh, Northeastern to have a, a tougher fight. but. Elon, I mean, they won the series. They played a really good brand of baseball, and, and Northeastern just had trouble to adjust to that pitching staff that Elon had over there and, and everything they did in terms of, of relief. And then their defense was also pretty outstanding. So, Northeastern had some trouble. We're going to break down each of these games individually. Uh, so, first one, Northeastern got the win. They extended that winning streak. I think it was up to uh, 10 or 9 or 10 games, something like that. Maybe 8 games, if I'm remembering correctly, um, to get that 6 uh, 2 uh, win over on March 10th. That was the Friday game. Uh, Wide Scotty finally pitched uh, pitched to his dominant fashion that we know he can. He had uh, his longest start of the season up at about seven innings. He, I believe, struck out six, only two runs given up, allowed four hits. Scotty was great, and, and the offense backed him up here, and that's not a theme you'll see in the rest of these two games. The offense did not back up their their starting and relief pitching. But what did you see from Scotty in, uh, in this six two win for Northeastern Payton?
1: Well, you said longest outing of the season. He had one hundred one pitches over the seven innings, no walks to go with that's his six strikeouts. That was huge. He did have a hit batsman, but that's fine. fine. I was actually most impressed by the reliever, Charlie Walker, who's continued just to dominate every single time he's been, been in there. Just a freshman. On the season, he's allowed one run in 10 innings. I mean, you can't ask for more than that out of any pitcher, let alone a freshman.
0: Yeah, Bullpen for Northeastern, as we'll get into a little bit later, they've been pretty solid over the past couple of weeks. You look at Charlie Walker, Pat Harrington a couple of weeks ago, uh, Ivan Cabral, we'll get into him. He's He may be transitioning into the third starter for this Northeastern team. I think that may be set in stone at this point. But, you know, Bullpen, uh, it's been really great. We'll get into that a little bit later. And, uh, Payne, I think you have our big bopper of the week to talk about here.
1: I do. I think our big bopper of the week, perhaps the big bopper of the season so far, is Danny Crosson. And- and just starting off in this first game against Elon, crossed three hits and four at bats and two runs. I mean, he's he's really doing everything for this team so far. He's a huge bounce back here for him. He's a one point one four four OPS, hitting almost four hundred now in thirteen games. I mean, it's not. It's not much better than that in terms of yeah, big boppers. He, he is
0: the most at-bats in this, uh, on, of any batter this season. He is getting the most stars. He's getting the most playing time, and he's, he's earning it. I mean, in this series alone, 7 for 12, four runs scored. Uh, he had a homer and a stolen base. Uh, he counted for, I believe, 30% of Northeastern's total hits and 40% of their runs scored in this season, or in the series, I should say. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we last recorded that crossing getting back into form is huge because remember last year he hit under 200 he did not exceed expectations he had that hand injury that hampered him uh for the majority of the year and getting him back as a really solid bat he, he's not going to offer you know the most power of any northeastern play i mean of course alex lane and mike Cirod are probably going to out outpower him and, and out hit the baseballs out of the park but he's going to be a really solid average hitter and he's going to get on base a ton you talked about that ops that's highest among qualified hitters i think harrison feinberg is a hair over him but he has a lot less at bat so among qualified hitters, I'd say Karrasen has the highest OPS, but I mean, it. we just can't overstate or understate how good it is to get him back to form for this team. He's batting cleanup or he's batting third in every single game so far this season. You've got guys like Alex Lane, Mike Sorota, Tyler McGregor around him, uh, Luke Bexton getting on the action sometimes, like I mentioned Harrison Feinberg. We'll, mention, we'll talk about Cam Maldonado in just a second here. This lineup is really clicking and it, it clicked in this first game, but as we'll get into in the later games, it just it didn't really come to play. And I mean, Crossan had the best series. He, like I said, when 12, he had two plus hits in each game in the series. But the but the other pieces around him didn't really uh, come out in the in the final two games of the series. And
1: yeah, before we get to perhaps the more disappointing games, one more hitter from that game for Northeastern. The first Elon victory was Gregory Botso. He's uh, he's playing very well as Northeastern's catcher. Didn't hit very well at all last year. 118 in nine games, but so far, started eight games for Northeastern. He's a 250 average. I mean, averages and everything, but he's getting hits, and that's all you can really ask for Botso. He's didn't really expect much of coming into this year.
0: Yeah, so the I mean, catcher position was going to be interesting for Northeastern, right? I mean, J.P. Olsen departing a lot of these top players. Are, I mean, we we'll talked talk about Olsen just a second. He was a catcher that played really well behind them, played also added some speed at the catcher position that you don't always see. He was a guy that would have been tough to replace, and Botso has done a good job. And you mentioned Charlie Walker for a second. I'm just going to go back for him just a second. As a freshman, he's given up one run in 10 innings pitched. Guess how many strikeouts he has, paid in 10 innings?
1: 10 innings, I'll go with... Uh, 18.
0: He's got 17. Right on, right on the money. I mean, so many outings where he has three plus strikeouts. He had three against Elon. Uh, in this in this outing where he was pitching in the highest le- leverage innings. Yeah, the team was up four runs, but that's still close to a save situation. That's still a situation where one swing of the bat can tie the game uh, if the if the bases are loaded. So Walker has been really, really good. And, and these these young arms for Northeastern, we talked about it last season as well. I mean, we'll get into Ivan Cabral, like I said, but Walker, Cabral, Harrington's not a young arm, but a new arm to this bullpen. He's been solid so far this season. It's nice to see these bullpen arms get back into form here. And it's nice to see Northeastern's bullpen really take a step forward when this starting pitch. Hasn't been all the way there so far this year.
1: Yeah, and talk about the stars. I mean, that hasn't been the most consistent. We've seen some of Matt Downing. He just hasn't. I mean, he hasn't done enough for this team. a six ERA in his three starts. Yost He's really struggled out there. And yeah, we'll we'll, ta- we'll get into Yost yeah. in
0: a second here when we talk about the second game for sure. But it's nice yeah. to
1: see, yeah, younger
0: guys like Cabral,
1: Walker, and then you have. You guys as well like griffin young who performing well out of the bullpen
0: right and and we'll, we'll get into the second game right now so northeastern in their second game this was a doubleheader. the game one of the doubleheader on saturday they lost four three in ten innings and this was a really disappointing game because northeastern they got on the board first uh and every single uh run besides this first run was was hit uh, on a homer uh in fact the, the first run was a bases loaded walk by luke Beckstein, and, and Northeastern they had a chance to break the game open here in the second inning, and Mike Sorito struck out with the bases loaded with two outs to end the inning and uh, and end the threat for Northeastern, and that was kind of one of many missed opportunities for this Northeastern team. They had in their six or in their ten innings where they came to bat, they went one, two, three, six times, which is something we talked about a lot last season that they were doing, and it's it, it's unfortunate to see these kind of patterns come back. And and that normally I would say that you know this is just kind of a one-off situation, but. The reason why I think this is somewhat concerning is because it's the first series of CAA play. And, and we saw this a lot when Northeastern played in the C A last year. So I think it's somewhat concerning. Of course, Northeastern has so much time, so many more CA series to get back on track, starting uh, NCAA and T coming up this weekend because the Bryant game was postponed. That should have been tomorrow, but inclement weather. Uh, Mother Nature said, uh, oh, no, you don't on that one. But, but yeah, talking about this second game a little bit more. You know what, it was it is what it is. They Eric Yost didn't pitch that great. He, he's he's struggled so far this year. He had a, a team low or a starting pitcher low, 4 two four eight ERA last year. So far this season he has eighteen earned runs and seventeen point one innings pitched. He's yet to pitch past the fifth inning in any game. And it it's just been Really, it's been really weird because Yost was arguably more dominant than White Scotty last season. Scotty, of course, got the headlines because he was a pure starter for Northeastern. Yost got some more swingman opportunities, pitched long relief innings, but Yost was a- arguably the best pitcher on this Northeastern staff last season. And and to see what's been going on with him has been has been really surprising so far this year.
1: Yeah, it's just been really disappointing for Yost. And in that game behind him, he had Jake Gigliotti, and he had a rough start. Two season, you know, he gave nine runs in his first three and a third innings, but over his last seven, he hasn't allowed a single run, and he struck out six guys. So it's nice to have him back up yost and give Northeastern a chance. But as you said, the bats just couldn't really make up for the early deficit.
0: Yeah, you, you mentioned Gigliotti. I mean, quietly on a seven-point-one inning scoreless streak going back to the Indiana State series. Uh, he gave up, I think, four runs in one inning back in that first series of the season. And we talked about it back then. We were like, "What, what is what is this guy going to look like this year?" But since then, he, he's had three score the outings in a row. Uh, with this four, uh, I believe it was four innings um, in, in relief of Yost going all the way to the ninth. And then I think Nick Davis took it over and gave up the walk-off homer. Talking about this this walk-off, for you know, on the, I think it's the second time Northeastern has been walked off so far this year. I think UNC Greensboro got a walk-off win against Jordy Allard back in the first series of the year. And yeah, you know what? It's it is what it is. Like it's tough that to get walked off in the tenth inning on a solo homer, especially the way that the bullpen had responded. But I think the biggest thing here is yeah, Northeastern got that game tying homer, and I think it was Danny Crossen that tied it up uh, three to three with the solo homer. But you have a guy like Gigliotti getting these high quality innings in the late innings. I mean, it's not the middle innings. He he pitched the sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth innings. You have him throwing up zeros on a team that that offensively speaking isn't that great and, and you can't get anything going in return that that's pretty disappointing for the offense and something that I did not expect to see I expect northeastern to run Elon out of the out of the I would say building out of the ballpark uh, in this series but it just didn't come to pass in that in that first game the doubleheader. and you know looking at takeaways here we'll get into the third game in just a second but I think like I wouldn't be concerned if this was not the first CA series but I think it being the first CA series, it makes me simultaneously concerned, but also like okay, they still have some time to to make up the ground, make up some ground, and, and find a way to get a conference ready offense here as they get into more conference games.
1: Yeah, we look at the CA preseason poll. Elon has picked to finish seventh, barely ahead of number eight Delaware Northeastern. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a middle 40. of the pack team yeah. coming into the season. It's oh. not that impressive. Northeastern, Northeastern just got five hits yep. in this game. I mean, one, two, three. They were o fourteen. Yep. Um I don't think anyone has held those three guys McGregor and Lane and Sorota hitless any game
0: this season. That's just I I mean it's a credit to the Elon pitching yeah. staff. They knew what they needed to do and they needed to shut down Mike Sorota. They did that. Uh they they couldn't get they couldn't get Danny Cross and shut down Alex Lane as well like you said. Uh he after I mean a, a massive series against uh UCF, he, he was shut down uh, pretty significantly in this one, and it was really the secondary hitters. I wouldn't say Carosin is necessarily secondary hitters, but the middle of the lineup to the bottom of the lineup hitters. We we'll talk about Cam Maldonado as well. That really, th- and Marco Botso, as you mentioned earlier, th- those are the hitters that played the best for Northeastern, or is it Gregory Botso? It's, it's Greg. I'm uh, thinking of Marco Botso from Northeastern men's hockey. I'm sorry. Um, she
1: also didn't play in the second in the in the second Elon game, but that's okay.
0: Well, thinking of just the way yeah. that this Northeastern team, the bottom of their order. When the top of the order wasn't producing mm-hmm. in, in some of these games, and at the bottom of the order, order stepped up, and that's huge. It's the, the secondary bats for Northeastern where, I mean, it was the top bats. It was Mike Sirota, who's who's one of the, who's the best player on this Northeastern team. It was Alex Lane, Tyler McGregor. Those were the players that were stepping up early on in the season. So even though Northeastern didn't win uh, the series against Elon, they still had some positives to take away, I think.
1: Yeah, especially you look at a guy like Cam Maldonado. He's just a freshman. On the season he has no OPS over a thousand in his nine starts, ten games played. He had he had the tying home run in the first game of this double header against Elon, but Crosson did have the home run earlier in the game. But Yeah, you're right. You're right. But even seeing guys like that step up, especially young guys, it's it's just nice to see for Northeastern.
0: Yeah, so ended up being a, a walk off winner uh, for the Elon Phoenix in game. One of the doubleheader, that was a a solo homer walk-off against Nick Davis, who was the losing pitcher, of course, in that one. And then going into the second game of the doubleheader, just around 45 minutes later, uh, Northeastern immediately allowed Elon to get out in front. That was a 2-1 loss for Northeastern. Uh, Ivan Cabral got the start. He gave up a leadoff homer to uh, Kenny Mallory Jr. on the second pitch of the game, which is uh, not great uh, considering they just got walked off, like I said, 45 minutes before. But he settled down. I mean, he gave up two solo homers. Um, but for a freshman uh, having seven strikeouts of five, over five innings and only giving up two runs, that's that's pretty good. That, that's a dominant start. And Northeastern, again, just could not get anything going for eight straight innings in this game. And we're talking about Ivan Khabarov for a second. He's a freshman. He's gone – he has two starts so far this year. He's gone five or more innings in each uh, his season ERA stands at 1.93, 17 strikeouts, and 14 innings pitch. I really think Northeastern's found their third starter in Ivan Cabral here. Maybe they want to leave him for more of a swingman role and keep trying to get Matt Downing in, but I think Cabral is the guy uh, at this point for those Sunday games here for Northeastern.
1: Yeah, those guys probably, like Downing probably more of the midweek games. Right. Hit the need them. yeah, Cabral's been great. Great. Just a great class of newcomers for Northeastern. And just looking at their lineup— they had 10 hits and
0: got one run yep. out of it. They left eight guys on base. I they, had, cab- they hit into three double plays in the first five innings. Yeah. Three.
1: Cabral deserves more than that. Right. Some of that, and that's unlucky, but still. And you get, in total, you had 13 guys on base. You have to you gotta score more than one run.
0: Yeah, I mean, and look at the ninth yeah. inning as well. Cam Maldonado had a bases-loaded sacrifice fly uh, with, with one out, or I should say with no one out. Uh, Northeastern loaded the bases with no one out, and they couldn't tie the game. <laughs> they couldn't get two runs. Uh, Spencer Smith struck out with runners on the corners. And then after a Danny Crossan walk to load the bases back up, Luke Beckstein struck out uh, to end the game. And this was just a really tough loss because you, you, you think about the, the way this game went. The pitching kept them in it time and time again, right? And it was kind of unexpected for, like I said, a mid-level team like Elon to—, to to host Northeastern, first of all, and and, and beat them in, in a game like this where Northeastern's pitching pitch so well. We see Northeastern out, like, boat race these teams out of conference and win 15-10 to 10 against uh, Indiana State or UNC Greensboro. Those kind of games against Elon in conference, they only score one run, and it comes in the ninth inning when they had their bases loaded to no one out. It's it's semi-inexplicable. And talk about Griffin Young as well uh, in relief for uh, Ivan Cabral. Three scoreless innings, uh, another great outing from the bullpen. No hits allowed and three strikeouts. Griffin Young, uh, starting. I mean, just a, a fantastic, uh, fantastic uh, outing there. Not a start, of course. And he's a the grad student transfer, I believe, uh, for Northeastern. I that was a great outing so far this season. He's been he's been good. I mean, one point eight eight ERA and fourteen point one innings. These bullpen arms are really stepping up for Northeastern. That's a, that's a trend I think we we can pick up from from this series as well. That's really positive.
1: Yeah, they're stepping up, and that's with injuries to guys like Dennis Collin, who were big arms last year and just haven't been able to produce anything at all. This year, because they've been out, you know, talk about how, how unspiring uninspiring Elon was coming into the season. Northeastern, they're coming up against the worst team in the conference at North Carolina A&T.
0: They went 3-21 in conference last year.
1: Yeah, they're picked three and twenty-one. They're picked to f- fish last by a large margin. I
0: think. I think so far say. this season they're like eight and seven though, so it's somewhat of a respectable start. But still, like I, I, I we'll have a, a recap and, and preview of this coming out on wrbbsports.com uh, later today. But this is a this is a, a series that Northeastern should hang like 25 total runs in three games in this weekend.
1: I mean, yeah, they played University of Maryland Eastern Shore, which
0: yeah, I, it's not not a strong schedule. I don't know there if there that, that is. I don't they, know if that's a D1 they, played, school. they played Bucknell, uh, Bucknell, the the the, the Bison's um, earlier on, where I think they hang like f- they hung like 15 runs on them, but. But yeah, uh is not a, an opponent that should give Northeastern any trouble. I think we'll see the bats really start to heat up. And also, should be mentioned, the first home games for Northeastern—they're finally coming sure. back to Boston after spending the first month in, in Florida and in North Carolina and wherever else they were. So it'll be nice to be home. Although the weather will not be permitting because it's supposed to rain like every day this weekend.
1: This weekend too, I thought it was just it's supposed to rain on Saturday. I know that much. Oh man. So good luck to good luck to that turf field out there. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, the the Bryant game that is supposed to be tomorrow was already postponed due to rain. That was going to be my that was going to be my broadcasting debut for Northeastern baseball. It was not to be, unfortunately. But, but yeah, I mean, for this uh, last thing about this two one game, it's it seemed like you know Northeastern was able to like get on base. They got they had those ten hits, but breaking through like this was this was an issue we talked about so much last season that Northeastern was getting on base they were playing this kind of small ball style and that they just couldn't get the big hits in the big situations and the fact that this happened here against a CEA opponent is kind of concerning like I said but I think there's a lot of time to iron this stuff out and I think what we see against T is going to be big because T is not a good team but they are a CEA team which is which presents a different challenge than a team like UCF than a team like Duke just because they are these conference opponents that are very familiar with each other so Northeastern Team that, of course, they play. They play a lot of games in conference. They're going to do so again this season. So it'll be an interesting series coming up this weekend.
1: Well, with Ant, actually, they're new to the conference this year. So Northeastern has never seen them
0: before. In it's very CIA good point. play. Very good point. So uh, it, it'll be some new looks then for 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 Northeastern and for and for the Aggies over there.
1: And just one thing you said. I know we even talked about how poor this offense played in that doubleheader. They had no extra base hits in the second game, which. That is startling for a team that has hit just so many home runs, so many doubles, triples. Not a single one of their ten hits went for extra bases. That's I and mean, that is yep. kind of the main issue that we're yep. that we saw last season, and that
0: we saw this a lot last yeah. year. And and talking about like the power aspect, no home runs in the first two games for Northeastern, and that six two win, they didn't have any homers, but they still won, and that was kind of that small ball style. You know, get get runners on base, move them around, and then get the big hits with runners in scoring position, but. Northeastern only had eight home runs in twenty four conference games last season and excuse me, uh two home runs in, in these three games. So there is there is kind of a trend with the lack of power in conference. Northeastern has it's happened to them before. Of course, this is a very revamped Northeastern lineup, so not too concerned about the power. I'm just kind of concerned about the style and, and the way that Northeastern just it seemed like the offense just kind of left in that doubleheader game. Like they had their opportunities, they just couldn't convert. And I feel like it all kind of came to a head in the final inning of the final game when they had the bases loaded, no one out, and couldn't score more than uh, more than one run and, and tie the game up at two.
1: Yeah, it's definitely just disappointing to see. Maybe, maybe being back home changed their approach. And they're still ten three on the season. That yeah, I mean, it's be, still
0: a great yeah. start to the year. It's still I, they had I think the best start in the Mike Lavin era uh, when they started they nine did. and one. Uh, this year, and they had that Duke win, which w- which was big—a a nice two-one win. Uh, we don't have to talk about that too much, but it was just nice to get that midweek win in the books there on on a Wednesday. That was big—the uh, first midweek game of the year, I believe. Jake Igliotti got the start in that one, if I'm not mistaken. He did, um, and he had he had a scoreless outing. So that, like I said, he has got um, seven and seven and one-third scoreless innings so far uh, in a, in a row this season, which is which is good for Northeastern to, to get that bullpen going a little bit more. Um, yeah, so Gigliotti had three scoreless innings in that one. He ended up getting the win. But that'll probably do it for us here at the Berkline Baseball Club. Pretty short episode, just recapping and previewing NCAA and T. It's not going to be that big of a challenge for Northeastern as we would hope. Uh, some programming notes. We will be on the air, weather permitting, for all three of these NCA and T games. You can catch all of our WRPB coverage either on WRBB Sports Plus or or Four Point Nine FM. Peyton, any last words before we sign off? Uh, just stay happy out there, folks. Peyton is stealing my closing line here, but that's going to do it for us. You can catch all of our coverage. We'll have uh, some more written coverage coming out on WRBBSports.com. Myself and Jackson Claire have an article coming out soon. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the Brookline Baseball Club. We will see you next week here signing off for Peyton and Colin Kapoor. Stay happy out there, folks. He's copying me. Bye.